I think collectively all three of us believe that anybody can be an entrepreneur. Yes, some people are born with more skill than other, but that's like sports. Mm -hmm. Some people are born with natural talent and some people have to work for their talent. Um, Don't let the narrative be that you weren't born with the talent so you can't be it. Don't let that narrative control you. And so uh, collectively us three, we believe, uh, no, you absolutely don't need to be born to be an entrepreneur and and grit's probably one of the biggest words. I hear all the time a natural born entrepreneur. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's, it's just, it's false. No, it's basically just some people are born with the ability to think more like an entrepreneur than others. Things come easier to them. I think or I, risk like some yeah, people. I think the exposure to risk is very important. Yeah, all of our like our my father was an entrepreneur. Your father's an entrepreneur. Yeah, you don't realize the subconscious effect that has on you growing huge, up, seeing huge. somebody being in that mode of risk taking. And so I really empathize with people that are not on, around entrepreneurs. Yeah. Because you don't have that viewership of being like, oh yeah, this risk taking is normal. When you grow up in a household where everything is being told you to de-risk, 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 you're gonna de-risk, de-risk. you're gonna, gonna de-risk de-risk. everything. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. But they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? All right, we are live. It is Midday Squares Uncensored. Today's episode is brought to you by the no fucks given mindset. (laughs) <laughs> is that my, my, that's is our, that, that's our, our new <laughs> our new sponsor for the show yeah there's zero pay on the sponsor by the way it's just the mindset <laughs> just the mindset it's called the zero fucks mindset basically the art of giving zero fucks uh i'm really excited about today guys big milestone for the podcast we hit 8,000 hours of listening. We Okay. No, I, I'm going to put that into perspective, though, for you, because I don't think that means a lot to you until I put it into understand. perspective. If we added up all those hours of listening, okay, it equates to 333 days. Almost a year. Almost Wee! a year. We're 32 days shy. We'll get there. Of... Of listening time. So basically, our podcast, if you if it was equated in time, would be a full year of listening. People have listened to it for that one full me. year. That's pretty that fucked up. That is so exciting. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a big snaps to the fucking podcast. We're out here hustling, trying to make it happen. Um, today, we are going to... I, had, I was scrolling through the questions, and there was an interesting question, which I think will uh, bring into uh, a lot of what's going on. But before that... We've been talking about these fucking machines, okay? We left a big cliffhanger on the show last yeah, time. What happened? So we basically, the engineer got in. We were able to get the engineer in from Europe, which was honestly crazy. I mean, at that point, I, I really felt like it wasn't going to be happening after everything that we went through over the last few weeks. Um, and when, because I got, we got denied twice, right? So yeah. I had kind of PTSD. So when he boarded the flight, I was like, okay. Just for some of the listeners that are not up to speed, quickly, very quick, what happened? Just basically, like, we were part of the national exemption. We submitted all the information that we needed to submit after speaking with the border agency and all these other people. And basically, I gave all this stuff to the, um, the the company overseas that built the equipment for us. And the engineer came, 
and they wouldn't even let him board his flight. And this happened in Brussels, and this happened also in Paris. And um, so he got denied twice, and then we had to go invest more money into an immigration lawyer. Um, and then they went at it, and they're like, oh, it's not really a big deal. We'll, we'll get it. Classic game of entrepreneurship. If you are not, if you are not, if you don't have the stomach for bills, like don't get bills, into this bills, game. Bills, they bills. just pop. Yeah. Everybody pop. gets fucking paid before you get paid. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So so take us. You get into the what happened? We got so, those machines running or no? no? But the craziest <laughs> thing is, I was tracking the flight the entire time. Stop. I didn't know this. What? I didn't even know that. Yeah. What, do you think the plane was going to go down? No, I'm just <laughs> like, hey, when's he arriving? When's he, when's he arriving? But Les is like that. Like, Les is sick enough that she'll watch a plane's flight trajectory for six hours There's, straight. like, low people that do that. Yeah, like, I, I track like, everything. Like people do that. Like, my girlfriend does that, too. It's really annoying. I watch really the annoying. cameras. And they, it can it's actually, obsessive, It can man. actually sicken me. Well, it's just like, just let the flight come. It's going to land. So it lands. Wait. Cool flight hack, though, yeah. for, for entrepreneurs. Learned this through someone that we were going to have join the team. Um, if ever you are looking for cargo shipments, go on Flight Tracker, type in all the major names that you can Google of like cargo carriers, see who has the main flights and contact that person directly to get your shipments done at the cheapest possible price. I, I thought that was a brilliant hack. Yeah. Is like, DHL the cheapest? Uh, no, there's actually like each each lane in air freight has a specific provider for the specific country cool. or city. And you can find them on Flight Tracker. Very high. Uh, yeah, epic. Very I thought cool. that was a great hack. You can also fly in the cargo if yeah. you want for cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk um, about how I'm trying to get my pilot license this year after? Okay, go. Yeah, so, I don't know if you have time right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's the worst driver. Yeah. Like, oh, I wouldn't trust God. him. I wouldn't trust him. No. I wouldn't go in the plane. Well, yes, two days ago, he went through two red lights. Without realizing it. Without realizing. I, I couldn't deal with it. ADHD you on the show. Not, okay. You should not be driving a plane. Yeah, Repeat, exactly. You should not be driving a plane. I know. Plane. Sam Walton really inspired me. I know, but you're not Sam. You don't have the vision that Sam Walton has. You don't have the 2020. The day you have nothing going on in your brain yeah, is the day you become it. a pilot. He's a okay, horrible driver. Okay. Horrible. Okay, horrible. Number one, best driving record here. Okay, so the machines, <laughs> babe. Luck. The machines, yeah. babe. What so happened anyways, with these machines? So anyways, he gets into Montreal, lands into Montreal, and basically... Goes through customs and I text him like, "Hey, what is the status update?" And then he's like, "Well, he's, I just landed." I'm like, "Okay, text me as so soon relaxed. as you you get out, get out." Klaus. Anyways, he made it through. He didn't have to quarantine oh, or anything. So it's the it was, hardest thing. Yeah, it was just a huge milestone. Then he gets here and we started the machines last week and that was crazy. Nick couldn't handle it. I emotional. He was too emotional. Jacques was good. You were good, Jacques. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in there. I was <laughs> playing. I was with the team. I was having fun. I was stressed out of my mind. I was looking. <laughs> so basically, let me let let me paint a picture for everybody. Okay. No, but you can't imagine things. No problem. I'm still gonna paint a picture. <laughs> Two point eight million dollars are spent. Blindly, well, blindly, no. Les leading the charge. Okay, so, but Jake and I. No, but there was a, a certain percentage that was blind. Yes. Yeah, but it can't. Uh, it, what, 10%. What's the, ten percent. Ten high, babe. <laughs> ten percent. I would babe. say it's ten. A hundred percent, it's ten. So ten percent. There was a ten percent chance. So here's the beautiful thing about machine buying for everybody that doesn't understand. Um, if you walk into the Ferrari dealership and you're buying a car at three hundred thousand, not only do they roll out a red carpet. They sit you down, they make you a coffee, they put you on the computer, you get to visually see everything. Then, wait, hey, you get to drive the fucking car that you're about to buy. When you're buying machines at double the price of Ferraris... You, More than double. Yeah, you do not get a red carpet rolled out for you. They actually tell you, fuck you. Yeah. You're not going to be able to try anything. Yeah. Um, and we don't have any testers on, the, uh, on, on, on our 
uh, walk-in, whatever the fuck you call it, our showroom. Um, so you're going to have to spend all this money blindly, and we hope you know what you're doing because we're not going to take responsibility. And they for don't guarantee. They always specify a little small writing, little little small writing yeah, at very the bottom. Smidgen. Super small. You eighty page things with little writing that just says at the end of the quote. Always says we are not specialists in making your product. We are not responsible for how your product comes out. We specialize no, in building machines. No one wants to take accountability in this world. Oh yeah, that, uh, no one. That is fact. Companies, people. It's the same thing. Accountability. That's a big word. Yeah. Forget about it. We could have a whole show Forget on accountability. About accountability. So let me continue painting the picture. So Les rallies everybody into the production line. We're gonna start this motherfucker for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's there. I'm roaring. I'm sweating buckets. Okay. So she also has like a whole video production team in there. Like <laughs> she's filming the whole thing. It's exciting moments. The heat is on. Everyone's laughing, smiling together, jumping, excitement, nervous, and then yeah. But but but, but for the record, the, the video team that was in there, it looked like a wedding. No, yeah, it, looked, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like look, a wedding video yeah, yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, Les, it, it uh, did look like they're great people. But yeah, like they looked, it looked like, like a wedding, wedding team. team. Okay, so we're in there. We're leveling up, guys. We're no, but it, it looked up. like a wedding team. He's right. And the machines start going and nothing is working. <laughs> Literally nothing is working. Okay, okay. Wait, but the dough comes out, it's fucked. So there I am, I, I'm having a meltdown. I, I look at her, I'm like, I gotta leave. I can't be here for this. <laughs> he was really bad vibes. You were killing my vibe. I was I? Even, yeah, I couldn't even no come. No way. I couldn't even come near you. Oh, that's hurtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you bad. were, Tits. You were, you were in, on your game, you were in your zone and, and this oh, was a yeah. huge milestone and you were in a you were bad Listen, vibe. Maybe so. you just can't handle it till it's done. I can't. Yeah. I can so you have admit to wait till it's done. Yeah. My yeah. biggest downfall is that I can't see shit before it's finalized. See, I don't do well with seeing unfinished I shit. I see it as progress. Like there's one step forward, then there's six back. Well, one think about forward. it. By the end of the day, we were already seeing the line run fully. Oh, yeah. yeah that was right? cool. That yeah. was really yeah. cool. And then, so moral of the story is at the end of the fucking day, Les presents. It was like, it was literally like a baby, uh, like the Lion King scene, you know, when they're fucking like, nah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she comes in with a fucking square that came off the line. And it, oh, it, that big square was the square? Yeah. yeah. That, Where like, the fuck that, were you? It was like a chode. <laughs> yeah. It was a chode that, square. That huge thing? Yeah, it was thick. Oh, that's what everyone was going crazy yeah, about. I couldn't understand. So she brings out a square that came off the line, and it was a very proud moment. I just want to say, yeah, this whole, this whole last few weeks, like last last week plus this week um, is super exciting. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, we still have a lot of work to do, but just seeing that machine run, even for our team, you guys don't understand how excited they are. What if we do understand? Maybe mm. you do. We know, know they're excited. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's 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 so crazy. Okay. It's, yeah. Let's so, just get the bars made on the machines already. And it's going to be a few months, guys. So let's close the no, chapter. No, it's, it's lingering like a motherfucker, and I'm, 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 I'm starting to get tired of it. I can't with the two of you. Okay. So I got this question. I was scrolling through the questions, and I, I thought this was like a really interesting question because it seemed like it came from uh, a really genuine place from one of the listeners, which was, I've been struggling a lot lately with thinking about entrepreneurship and if they're if entrepreneurs are born or you can make them, I'm not sure I'm capable of being an entrepreneur. What would you say the characteristics are that define an entrepreneur and could anybody become one? I thought that was a pretty like powerful question because because I don't think entrepreneurs are born. I think anybody can be an entrepreneur. Me too. Basically, what I feel is I think you're born with certain traits 
that can either make entrepreneurship a little easier for you mm-hmm. or not. So basically, anybody could be an entrepreneur if they want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you need to partner with the right people. Maybe you need to you know, find the right team, whatever the case may be. If you're not born with you know, the natural ability to you know, lead or to execute um, or to generate ideas. I think if you can't do that, then you're going to need to find the right team that can help you do that. But anybody's allowed to have an idea. Anybody's allowed to want to build something. You're not born. That's not a trait, right? That's just the will to want to do something, in my opinion. Jake, it looked like you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think entrepreneurship comes as as you get older. Obviously, you start to develop more entrepreneurial traits. But I think that when you start, everyone kind of starts. I'm not saying everyone. Obviously, there's disadvantages or something that happens. Um, but like for me, I went into competitive sports, right? So right then and there, you learn teamwork. You learn how to compete with each other, how to try to win. And those are big things that entrepreneurs do at a later time in life. So when you're 13 or 12 years old playing against other people and you want to win a championship, you're committed. You show up seven in the morning on Saturday mornings to practice. Those that are miserable, by the mis- way. But miserable. But those are what entrepreneurship is. And I'll never forget my brother, Casey. Um, he told my mom who told me um, when I was younger and I was having problems in school. I was having problems with my marks. I was getting like 50s and 60s. And and it's discouraging. It's very discouraging, by the way, when you, when you have friends that are getting 80s and 90s, and and you're working hard. You are working hard. You're putting the you're putting the effort in. Putting in the hours. You're putting in the hours, and the results just aren't coming. And my brother said to me, my brother said to my mom, I'll never forget. He has it in him, and she didn't understand that. But what he wanted to say was the fact that I was able to commit to working out and building my own body. Um, to put the the effort of commitment into eating healthy, to following the rules in the hardest environments, and in the college environment, dormitories, I was able to work out seven days a week for two hours a day, do my schoolwork, and not only that, eat healthy with all the pressures and noise around me where everyone was eating unhealthy and drinking. And I think that that's something that really stuck in my head because that's entrepreneurship. The noise around you, not listening to it, focusing, making sure you build something. And when I heard that, I kind of forgot about the schooling aspect, the academia, and I knew that someday I was going to be an entrepreneur, and I did, and it came. You know, at the end of the day, when I left school, right away I started a business, failed, but I started a business, and then right now I'm in my second, my third technically, and this one's so far working, I would say, but I think that entrepreneurship comes. It doesn't, it's not, it's not innate in you. I think there's certain things, like you said, like there's things that make it easier, and I agree with that, like some things but I don't even I can't even define those characteristics because no, work ethic could come as time goes so entrepreneurship for me is just like with the, going back to this question is you don't need to have it in you like if you want something bad enough you will make it happen now whether you're leading it or you're part of it or it's your idea you know I know a lot of there's so many different entrepreneurs in different that act differently than we act right like everybody's different like entrepreneurship is just is not one idea I'd like to try to take it home based on distilling what both of you just said, because I agree heavily with what both of you just said. Um, I don't think I I absolutely agree with the 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 concept is I think we've seen it enough, both from what we're going through and other people. It is absolutely a trait that you don't need to be born with. Um, I think it comes down to. I was just speaking with a friend about this that I went to uh, a school in the U.S. with. He's back in South Korea. The number one trait is, and I think we all agree, is grit. So to take what Jake was saying into distillation, I mean, everything I was hearing you say is literally grit. Grit, grit, yeah. grit, grit. And grit 
is a series of being able to put yourself and expose yourself to pain. Um, and pain, I, I think people think pain comes in just one format of like, ooh, you no. burnt me, you pinched me, you punched me, that hurt. But pain is like a lot. There's emotional pain, there's turmoil, there's doubt pain, there's all these things. Um, so the more you expose yourself to pain, the more you're going to actually start preparing yourself for that road of entrepreneurship. I think that's a, a key piece is, is the exposure to pain. Um, and number two is a lot of people are not exposing themselves to at bats. And and entrepreneurship, in my opinion, is really a game of how many times you can go to bat, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what my buddy was saying in South Korea. Uh, he was telling me, so his exact thing was he's in investment banking over there. And he's like, man, you know, I just, I really want to try something and I've been trying to find something to try. And I, and I was looking and we were speaking and we were speaking on LinkedIn messaging, we were catching up. And I was just like, man, you need to like, just if you spent the last three years thinking about what to try, you've missed at bats. You've missed the ability to swing and miss. And you've actually de-optimized your ability to be successful as an entrepreneur. It's really a numbers game. Um, and so, so, so to answer this question and to wrap it up, and then I want to get into uh, if you were kind of not in midday squares, what would you do to find inspiration to get into mm. the game of entrepreneurship, right? Like, like that, like how do you get those engines going? Cause like a lot of people, a lot, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I could start us if you want, but if you have something to say, uh, so a lot of people are looking to like how, okay, great. I want to try it, this out. How do I even get in the game? What do I think? Where do I start? Um, so the moral of the story, if you're listening to this, I think collectively all three of us believe that anybody can be an entrepreneur. Yes, some people are born with more skill than other, but that's like sports. Mm -hmm. Some people are born with natural talent and some people have to work for their talent. Um, don't let the narrative be that you weren't born with the talent so you can't be it. Don't let that narrative control you. And so uh, like that. collectively us three, we believe, uh, no, you absolutely don't need to be born to be an entrepreneur. And, and grit's probably one of the biggest words. I hear words. all the time a natural born entrepreneur. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't it's just, make sense. It's false. It's just false because whoever's saying that isn't an entrepreneur, I'm sorry, because if you are, you'd you, you'd be aware of what, what it is to be an entrepreneur. No, it's basically just some people are born with the ability to think more like an entrepreneur than others. Things come easier to them and and they're just born with it. Yep. it it's, you know. Um, and, and others aren't, you know, it doesn't come as easy, you know, I think or I, risk like some yeah, people. I think the exposure to risk is very important. Yeah. So we're we're privileged, all three of us, in the sense that we were exposed to entrepreneurship very yes, young. We were. Yeah. All of our like our my father was an entrepreneur. Your father's an entrepreneur. Yeah. You don't realize the subconscious effect that has on you growing huge, up, seeing huge. somebody being in that mode of risk taking. And so I really empathize with people that are not on, around entrepreneurs. Yeah. Because you don't have that viewership of being like, oh yeah, this risk taking is normal. When you grow up in a household where everything is being told you to de-risk, 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 de-risk. You're going to de-risk. You're going to de-risk everything. Because you're too, fe the fear is too There's big. Fear. Fear, fear mongering is bad. And people always say like, just go get a job. And I think that that's dangerous too. And after school, you got to find your job right away. And parents do that a lot of the time because they're scared because they didn't take the risks. And a lot of them took jobs that just, you know, put food on the table. And I get that food needs to go on the table, but 
people think that fear should drive their decisions. And then once they get into that decision, oh, it's fine, I'll work here for a bit and then I'll be an entrepreneur after if they really want to be one, they're missing the whole thing. Because at the end of the day, when you get into that other lane, you're likely to stay in that lane for a very long oh, time. Oh, yes. It's, it's very hard it's to dangerous. leave that lane. You, you actually bring up a lot of the time, Nick, that um, so when we speak about our different generations, right, like our parents or our grandparents, they came from different generations. And you talk about this all the time, which is, our great grandparents and grandparents went through great depressions and a lot of them immigrated here from Europe and saw a lot of stuff that we hadn't seen right and so to your to your, your what you were saying is for them working putting food on the table is all they knew and i think millennials um, and the generations after us are really starting to live for what they want to live for they like believe in. Th- what they believe in and i think that's really cool to see is that pe- the mentality of no, don't figure out a way to put food on the table, but also do what you love is what we're trying to preach now, you know? And I think that's, you know, why the generations um, before us are so stuck on, you know, make money, doesn't matter how you do it, you know? I think another really important factor to remember is your parents biologically, biologically are set up to de-risk your life. Yeah. From the second you are born, their protection mechanism kicks in and all they are doing, whether they like it or not, even I swear, I seen it with my mom. It's like as bad as sometimes she wanted to support the entrepreneurship, her inherent Mm -hmm. mother instinct was like, this is too risky for my son. I must protect him. Well, think Uh, about it. We've all failed at stuff, right? So it's like, it is scary. It is, but you have to just like everybody listening to this, Love your parents, but know that in this situation, they are most probably not going to give you the best advice uh, because they're trying to protect you and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't believe in you. They're just trying. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. They're they're literally just, they're just trying to protect you. Okay. So have we had time to think about if you were an entrepreneur that wasn't in midday squares and wanting to get into the game, where would you start? Yeah. Who wants to start this? I I was, so my, my journey ended of entrepreneurship before midday squares after chase hunter i had to close chase and hunter i was very lost so at that time i realized um I'm, i might go into the workforce i was thinking that from 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 my eyes is like when am i going to go into the workforce what am i going to do i'm just going to take a job and i was willing because i felt exhausted um i was more physically exhausted than mentally exhausted i would say because physically i was traveling to sleeping on couches of frat houses like throwing parties going around running like a hamster to be honest and I was just ready to, to enter into the workforce and kind of give up, I'm not gonna lie, um, and just give into, okay, I'll take a job and take that left lane that I was discussing right I, before. I call that entrepreneurship exhaustion because yeah. I, I went through that too, where you're ready to go get a yeah, job, so, you're just ready. So I was ready to take the door, and I talked about the door just two, just five minutes ago, is the door opens, you open that door and you enter in that lane. The problem with that lane, like I said before, is you're likely to stay in that lane for a very, very long time without getting out of it because once you get comfortable or you're just satisfied, quotations I'd like to say satisfied means nothing, doesn't mean greatness, it means just okay, good, you stay, unfortunately. A lot of people stay and I don't know if I would have got out of it. I don't know how I would have gotten out of it, but I know I was going that direction, I was leaning. So when I had the option to go into another business that was getting started, just getting off the bat, I was like, okay, this is gonna be a lot of work right off the bat. This is my option right now with it right away. And I jumped into it and it was probably the best decision in life. But now having that I've gone through midday squares and made that decision two and a half years ago, I wouldn't go down that left lane anymore ever again because I realized when you do something you love 
and you're doing it every single day and you have the ability to do that every single day, you're never going to walk down that aisle on the left side that opens that door to that lane because I'm always going to try to search for that other opportunity that will give me the same adrenaline, that same fire that I need to find because I feel the fire. I've felt the fire, so I know what it feels like. You can't go like. back once you learn I the can't. fire. <laughs> and, and you know, they always say you can't go back, blah, blah, blah. But you actually can't because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be fulfilled if I didn't find another fire like this whether it's after this, whether it's I get fired from Indy Squares, whether this fails, whatever it is. And I'm okay with all that happening, by the way. But I think that if you, once you feel the real fire, and I didn't feel it in my other journeys before, once you feel it, you know what what it is and how exciting that is. And you're not going to lose that excitement to go back into that left lane. And so that's what I, I would have gone to, I would have gone into a corporate job. So would you, would you say... At some point in your life, you don't even necessarily, if you want to make the leap into entrepreneurship, you don't necessarily even need to come up with the idea, find a good team yeah. to join. Yeah. So you do not need to make up the idea. And I think this is going to go against everything I believe in. Um, you got to love what you want to do um, to be an entrepreneur. But I didn't come into something I love at first. So when I joined Midday Square, just to clarify all this, I didn't even like chocolate. Um, I didn't believe in the product as much as obviously I believe in it now. Um, so I went into something for the sake of going into something. And I think that that's something important to note is I found love um, by taking a shot at something I didn't even know I would love. Great, Les, before we get to you, great uh, idea to kind of distill from what Jake uh, said is get on different social platforms uh, online in your communities. I think that's a great way to meet people. So Reddit, Twitter, get into the subcategories of people doing what you're interested in. And to Jake's point is maybe you're not the person that's going to come up with the idea, but you got to start meeting people that are working on cool shit and things that you like. And then just be go out there and be in addition to their team. And if you do that, uh, you know, Reed Hoffman who started LinkedIn was... When he showed up at PayPal, he literally was like, okay, these people are epic. So it was Elon and uh, Peter Thiel. And oh, I like those people. Yeah, and Reed showed up and he was just like, guys, I will do everything. I will be the Swiss Army knife for you guys. I want to join this team as a founder. I will get fucking pizzas if I need to get pizzas. And that's how he, he got himself into PayPal. So I mean, I think the greatest lesson uh, you're talking about, it's a very, first of all, hot team. Those, those yeah. people are legends. It's Can we bring them in somehow? Yeah, yeah. It's PayPal um, Mafia. No, but I think you just brought up a great point that I, that's bringing my point full circle is if you want to be an entrepreneur, you better be fucking open-minded. Yes. Like I said, I didn't love chocolate. I was open-minded to work with this team that had a great idea. And guess what? I fell in love. Yep. Yeah. And that's history. So, so that's a wrap on Jake. Les, what are you thinking? Well, if you were in, in the seat where you need to figure out how to be an entrepreneur right now, what would you do? I think discovery is really important. I think figuring out a way to discover things and put yourself out there to try new things, be open to new things that we spoke, open, being open-minded, but really just not sitting around and thinking too much. I believe in just doing um, and worry later you know so you know if you have an idea and you're able to execute on it execute on it you know see what happens I was just speaking to an entrepreneur um, a few weeks ago and she was telling me how she's kind of lost and she had to close her company during COVID and she's really unmotivated and she wants to basically bring in really cool di dining sets and I said okay and she's like and she started talking about you know, finding factories all over the world and their minimums. And I said, Ch chill out. I said, that's going to stress you out. Like, you don't need to do that. 
that's going to cause you to have to wait six months before you launch this brand or this product. I go, go online. You said you have a, you have a really good quality at being able to source sick shit. Go online, source the sickest dining room set, order it. Decorate your table, take great photos, mm. load it up on Instagram, say you're selling it for whatever price and see what traction you get. Maybe people are going to love it. Maybe people don't care. You know, and all he said is you don't need to go that crazy where you're planning, you know, a full blown business when you're not even 100 percent sure that's what you want to do. You're passionate, but you're like, eh. so that's OK. It's OK to not be 100 percent about an idea. But I think going out and executing things on a smaller scale is what I really learned from my past failures. Instead of always reaching for the stars, it's like if you're capable of doing what you want to do, just figure out a way to start doing it and don't make excuses. You know, if you don't have money, start saving $5 every day. There's always a way to do stuff. And I think there's always a way to find out what you love by just actively, like you said, being open-minded, trying new things, taking risks, meeting new people. Um, and being okay with failing at whatever you're gonna try tomorrow, you know, that's that's what I think. I think the the media uh, get, gets it confused sometimes because you see always companies at the at the at the oh, peak. Don't you start. You always with media. see you always see the companies at the peak. Um, and to bring it down to midday squares is we literally wanted to do a moonshot idea for the stars. We wanted to build something really big, but the, the I think the point you're trying to make is we started really really small we did and i think even before midday squares you know nick and i we spent i mean you you built a website to sell dollar store items yes I and basically like uh, no but dollar, I, was, dollar. See, I, I would have been more passionate about that than this before well, you grew up with dad who did <laughs> yeah. import it but i remember i was on the computer doing dollar dollar with you i was writing descriptions <laughs> or whatever loading images for you and like we were just idea. trying things and and that's how our our house was i mean we, at one point we were making oats and you know, like there was no budget. We went to the grocery store. We bought some stuff. We played around in the kitchen. We went to a friend's house in a Ziploc bag. We said, hey, try this. Let us know how it is tomorrow. Can I say something Shoot. about your yeah. statement? Is it kind of like just go with it type of thing? No, it's it's don't be scared to try new things every day. And don't be scared to like there's there's the, the, what you were saying before, which is you're not going to always love an idea right off the bat and meeting people and having serendipity is huge. And, and maybe joining an epic team is fucking amazing. Or if you have ideas like your friend in South Korea who has ideas for three years, just go out and try it. Yeah, I think I think the full circle to yeah. what she was saying is literally the answer to my friend in South Korea, uh, SJ. Um is is bats you don't have yeah. to make such a big deal all the time about it uh there's something really beautiful about tinkering yes i love tinkering explain what tinkering is it's it's the act of trying things that interest you for monetary value now tinkering doesn't always need to be for monetary value but in the in the art of finding entrepreneurship there's something really beautiful about playing and so so perfect example of the dollar dollar was um we had seen wish get really really big so wish for everybody doesn't uh, know is is kind of like they try to take like the amazon model but they only deal with direct manufacturers from overseas Alibaba, yeah so like they basically took alibaba and said how do we make it really fun to shop for the american north american consumer and uh you know an idea sparked where it was like, hey, maybe we can do uh, something of that sort and compete with dollar stores online. Um, there wasn't much thought into it. I think it was exploratory at this point. And so we went to Wix.com and we just started putting it together a site. And Wix.com is great because you don't need to have any 
knowledge whatsoever um, to, to put up a website. And we we're playing. So that's tinkering. It's playing. There was no greater goal other than seeing if we can get a little bit of traction. Could we make some sales? Could we play? Mm. Um, and what's interesting about that is it teaches you how to do Facebook ads or how to do other stuff. Um, and that's the beauty of it. There was no actual greater ulterior other than seeing, could we sell something for X and make money on it? Simple as that. And you know, what What I see a lot is I see a lot of entrepreneurs that have great ideas and don't execute on them because of the noise. Oh, and the, yeah. the noise is a big thing though because honestly, um, I was actually just speaking to someone recently where they were telling me that, you know, they are constantly trying to figure things out and people look at them as if they're failures because they're constantly switching. And I'm like, that's sad. You're not a failure. You're just trying to figure out what it is you want to do. And you're I think tinkering. you're tinkering. And I think a lot of people are scared that people are going to think, well, I'm, I'm a failure. I don't follow through on things. or I don't commit to things or no one believes in my ideas or I'm just an old dreamer. And you got to get rid of that noise. You got to get rid of that noise. Noise is literally the cancer to entrepreneurship. It, it, oh mm-hmm. my God. That's <laughs> it's the cancer really... to entrepreneurship. Okay. So I'd like to say my piece. Uh, As you guys know, I'm very data driven and I find a lot of my inspiration through data. So a great source of finding ideas is to go on uh, finbiz.com and you search up I knew you were going to say this. This is how well I know you. Stop. Yeah. What do you, wait, well, I want to see. So what you're going to search say? up keywords and see how much ass they get on Google. No, but you're close. Okay. Okay, you're close. But I love you because that, that's, that's the second step. That's the second <laughs> step. No, um, Finbiz tracks all publicly traded companies. And so what you do is you search for like your, whatever you love, go find a few public companies that are in your domain. And this is the funnest part is every quarter, these companies release massive um, presentations with tons of research on them. Tons and tons of research because these companies uh, have the budgets to do so. And they talk about markets. They talk about where they're, they're going, where they see opportunity. And what's beautiful about this is you can piggyback off of the millions of dollars being spent uh, on these companies doing basically what they have to do is which is sell investors on the dream. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of pick out little pieces from these presentations and say, ooh, that's an interesting idea. Like maybe I should try to uh, fucking penetrate that angle. Yeah. And you read enough of these and if you take action on enough of this shit, I think you are going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, and, and maybe I'll, we'll, I'll put up a video at some point of, of how to actually do that. But yeah, take advantage of publicly traded companies having to be public. And what that means is they have to present information. And that information is a treasure chest of gold waiting to be exploited by you, the entrepreneur. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that much more difficult than that. I mean, we're already at the end of the show. Uh, how'd you guys think? How'd you guys think uh, the I show love that went show. with the, the, yeah, it was with cool. The, it was cool. Yeah, it was based on a, a question from one of our one of our listeners, and I think that's something cool. But, taking part in it, they take a part in our journey, and you know, we hope we answered it properly or or at best for you. Yeah, I just think there was strong, you know, advice in the in this in this podcast. I think that there was strong advice, but also inspiration. You know, 
And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs somehow just need to hear that and get a kick in the ass. And I think that's what we gave them today, a kick in the ass. Yeah. And stop thinking that an entrepreneur is a word that defines a group of people. It's everybody. Everybody could Anybody be who, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Anyone. It is the lifeblood of the economy. It is what creates and advances society. It is what brings ultimately peace to every nation because yes. at the end of the day, prosperous 100%. economies are all that matters. So go out there, guys, and, and do bring the, en- bring the entrepreneurship out of you. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Bring the energy. Don't give any fucks. That's it. I'm sponsored the by art no, of not giving a fuck. Sp- no, it's sponsored by not fuck, no fuck mindset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by no fucks given mindset. By uh, from our friends over at Go Fucking Do It. Let's fucking go. This is Midday Squares Podcast. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday Squares Uncensored. As always, we love hearing from you. It's midday slash podcast questions. We will see you on the next one.